0: Passionate about broadcast media? Become a part of Broadcast Plaza, the number one broadcast media server on Discord to discuss all about it with fellow community members and industry professionals, including your humble narrator. Broadcast Plaza, this is the place. Join today by going to the link in this episode's description or by logging on to discord.gg forward slash broadcast plaza.
1: This is a Zaglund Original Podcast
0: today on the Sackery and Peaches Show.
2: Christmas time is upon us. We're taking a look back at the holiday tunes that made us from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer to Bluey's Veranda Santa, and talking about our personal experiences with those Christmas specials along the way.
1: And Food Network's annual holiday tradition returns as the Holiday Baking Championship is underway. Emma's going to talk about their fascination with the program and what to expect during its current season.
2: All this week, December 5th, 2023.
0: Connecting from Orlando and Baltimore, it's all about animation, autism, and everything else. This is the Zachary and Peaches Show
1: with Adrian Mata and Emma Settles. Welcome to the Zachary and Peaches Show, folks. I'm Adrian Mata,
2: and I'm Emma Settles.
1: And I heard the uh, craft fair uh, went uh, very well uh, for you uh, a few days. Ago. I think either like. Probably like a day or so ago, Emma, Is that correct?
2: Yeah, it was this. Uh, it was this past Saturday, and it went pretty well. I mean, you know, I was kind of the most um, understated table, I guess, at the at the craft fair. Uh, like literally, everyone else had tents because it was a you know rainy and foggy day. But you know, me broke ex college kid don't have one. <laughs> I don't have one. So, and I had the smallest table too. Um, so I was kind of out I felt out of place. But at the same token, though, I was pretty much sandwiched between a lot of really nice people, a lot of really nice vendors um who gave me a lot of selling tips for the future as well as even bought a few pieces from me in general. Um, I believe I made enough to just either just make back or, you know, made slightly under my initial fifty dollars vendor fee. But at at the same token, though, it was still a great learning experience, and I had a pretty good time. Um. So yeah, that being said, I I mean, and I also just made a lot of people smile when they saw my work. I had a lot of people come up and look at my work, and say, you know, de- they definitely considered buying stuff. Or you know, either they didn't have, you know, they they had just recently run out of money from other vent by spending at other vendors, or you know, didn't see me before or whatever the case was was thinking about getting it for a relative or something along those lines, um, but just forgot and didn't come back. But regardless, I made a lot of people happy with my work. I got to see a few of my um old elementary school my elementary school, my 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 uh got to see my old eighth grade teacher too, since it was at um craft show was at the, the school that I went to for eighth grade. So that being said, that was really great getting to see her again and getting to see just a lot of really nice people, um, who liked my work. So and if anything, you know, this is a great learning experience. And I think I, I did talk to a few people about the possibility of commissions as well. So for all I know, I could be getting my inbox flooded with a whole bunch of, a uh, whole bunch of people asking for, Hey, can you do this for me? um, but you know that being said, I, I had a good time, and I'm, I'm thankful I went. And if anything, it kind of put me, at least in a in, in a temporary way, uh, a little bit more into the Christmas spirit than I uh, than I was feeling initially. Um, but yeah, that was the craft fair update. And if anything else, I also have uh, I'm starting to post some of the wares that didn't sell. Up on my Etsy so come check me out on there at local peaches studios um, and you'll find a variety of different things that didn't sell from the craft fair right now I'm primarily focusing on uploading um, the paper mache and felt masks that I make um, but eventually there'll be paintings and other things along those lines uploaded there too uh, but yeah overall had a pretty good time and I'm thankful i I'm thankful I did this if anything this kind of served as a good reminder that you know i'm I'm doing what I'm doing for a reason and that eventually I will uh with more craft fairs and stuff that I go to I'll get more and more traction
1: yeah sounds like you had a great time over the at the fair and uh you know hopefully it'll lead to some uh, opportunities down the road for you as far as commissions and even I, I hope perhaps like not only commissions, but also like future opportunities to sell your work in person uh, as well there. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I mean, if anything, people people were telling me like, you know, oh, here's all these events that, you know, you should have gone to back in October. And I'm like, hmm, I really wish I had known that because I have plenty more wares that are Halloween appropriate than I do for Christmas. So, you know, that being said, I still had a lot of my own spooky flair in addition to making a few uh, on the fly last minute things that are had kind a of more of a Christmassy theme to it but yeah in general at the very least it gave me some ideas of places in the future that I hope to sell in person as well as you know also reminded me if anything to you know go stock up my Etsy store again because I barely had anything on there um until the end of the craft fair, which I, I had, you know, decided to upload all of my unsold wares there. Or at least a majority of them. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that hopefully I'll be hearing back for some, from some people soon. And, uh, and if anything, too, it was also a great networking opportunity. Because I met a lot of interesting people who run creative businesses locally. Um, and they don't necessarily do what I do completely but at the same token though they're still they're still in the arts field or the craft kind of field so and and they've been selling obviously for a much longer time than I have um I think I was probably the youngest person selling stuff if you don't count that the vendor next to me had their probably like their 10 or 12 year old daughter kind of helping them out a little bit um but it wasn't her booth it was her mom's. so that being said I was probably the youngest vendor there um who you know had a booth and, and paid for it themselves, but you know, still, I'm I'm thankful that if anything, I got to meet a lot of great people, and things will will continue to get better from here. Anyway, uh, that's a, that's enough about Christmas craft fair nonsense. Uh, how have you been, Adrian?
1: Yeah, everything's been uh, everything's been okay at Universal. Uh, had uh, three shifts. Um... In the past few days, worked at uh, I think I worked at worked at the hot dog stand for, for two shifts and then the popcorn stand for one. And these were all these were all shifts uh that led up to uh I guess the um I guess the uh, the park buyout events uh that evening over at Islands Adventure and I believe uh Universal Studios Florida too. So um at least I was able to get out at a um relatively decent time that evening because I wasn't going to be working those events anyway but uh at the same time though I do have another event uh that's going to be coming that I'm going to be working um uh within the next couple of days so uh so there is that so time for me to pay for the Uber ride uh, home again after after that so there is that but um nothing too extraordinary as far as uh, everything was concerned but um but it had a uh, but I did chat with a couple guests throughout the day and, uh, you know, as I was getting them their, you know, their their food and drinks and such. So, yeah, a nice, smooth week with, um, I guess, I guess not, I guess nothing is better than, a, I guess, n- having no news is probably good news, so to speak. So, yeah, pretty much a smooth shift and, well, smooth, sh- smooth shifts anyway. And then, um, uh, today before we started, well, well today the, the on uh, the day that uh that we are recording this, uh, earlier, uh, I just got home from um from shopping today. Um, I got some, I got a new pair of pants and a new pair of shorts and uh, some Bob Ross magnets that I'll probably stick onto my IKEA um cabinet there. Um, the metal, I think the steel. Probably not steel. But probably like steel or m- at least metal cabinet there. So, uh, so I'll probably get to that in a little while. Uh, but, um, uh, but um, my younger sister uh, was hanging out with a friend, friend of hers from uh, school, and um, and I just happened to tackle along alongside uh, my my mom and dad. So. So um, that was pretty much about it. Uh, got some pretzel nuggets uh, from uh, Auntie Anne's, the cinnamon sugar kind. A uh, bit of a lemonade ref- uh, bit of a um, lemonade mixer, I think mango. And also went over to Starbucks inside the Florida Hotel, inside the Florida Mall, which is where I was for the first part of the day anyway. And then, of course, I was uh, over uh, – I was trying to get uh, my lunch uh, from uh, Charlie's uh, Philly Steaks. And, uh, of course um, – they were slammed with a bunch of orders, and they were short staffed. And I kind of, and uh, considering that I had worked at SeaWorld before and happened and uh, having been in those situations, yeah, i I I kind of felt their pain there. I kind of felt the struggle of trying to get all those orders out. And it, I think it was, it took them like I think it took them like a good, like a good fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes or so uh, to get all the orders out. Uh, at least got my order out uh, of the way there. So. So uh, at least now I have that as my dinner. So um, I'll probably be eating that uh, in between our breaks here uh, during the podcast uh, this week. So uh, there you go. (laughs) But uh, yeah, pretty much about it.
2: Sometimes I keep forgetting that you live in Florida and that you pretty much have like sunny, warm weather pretty much for the most part all year round. It's funny. I remember you talking about one t- like, I vividly remember this, like, one year. I think this was just back in like 2016 or 17 or something, like, back when I was on Tumblr. And, you know, you had mentioned that you went to a wa- some water park um, a few days before Christmas. And I'm like, what the heck, Adrian? It's, it's like the 23rd of December. Why are you at an outdoor water park? And then you reminded me, Emma, I live in Florida. <laughs>
1: I mean, uh, the, the, I mean, it, 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 for the most part, it is not. It's not as cold as it is up north, and it's not. It doesn't usually snow over there either. So over here either, anyway. So, yeah.
2: All I'm gonna say that is you're you're incredibly lucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, but when you've been around theme parks for like you, you know your entire life, and you work at you know at least two of those, um, you know, you kind of get a little bit w- weary about the. Worry about the uh, nature of the uh, um, job landscape, so to speak. Here, so I'm not really, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not
2: really sure. You, you don't have before. snow.
1: <laughs> I would love to. I would love to experience like uh, some snowfall one day, or or as, a, or maybe some thunder snow, as uh, Jim Kentori would have that.
2: No, you do not. You do not. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who's lived through thundersnow and has someone who's lived through multiple blizzards over the course of their lifetime the answer to that is no you do not want to live through that
1: (laughs) yes i do
2: okay you're incredibly strange adrian but you know what i'm not gonna hold that against you
1: (laughs) (laughs) strange and unusual emma remember that yes
2: yes as uh as someone very uh very spooky and very wise, once said, um, <laughs> dang it, using my Beetlejuice obsession against me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know you so well. I yes, have
2: a- you really yeah. do. You really do. I mean, hey, I, we've been friends for like, what, almost seven, eight years now or something. So <laughs> there's, there's that. <laughs>
1: We kind of rub off on each other. We kind of wear off on each other. So, uh... There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh... I was going to say... I think I was either at Volcano Bay or at Aquatica uh, that day there. Uh... I think... Yeah! A, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think he... I think I remember... I think if I remember correctly, you said you were at Volcano Bay.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's um, probably where I was. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Again, I could be wrong, but... Even still.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my older... My older sister, uh... Who, uh lives with uh with her husband and uh and who of course have my uh niece and nephew uh she works over at volcano bay in uh I, I guess within the customer service i guess within the guest services department there like right? dealing with guests like getting their tickets and whatnot and you know all all of that good stuff there so um but um yeah but uh you know she's doing she's doing all right uh, the husband's husband's doing well and uh and all that so uh yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much about it from from that uh, front there.
2: Wonderful to know that your family's uh, your family's doing well. Oh, so that's that's good to know. All
1: right, this is the last time I will be saying this. Uh, saying this this season. Try saying that a couple of times fast. Uh, Universal Orlando Resort's holiday festivities are still going on. Whether you like to see the balloons and floats that are the Macy's, well, not the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's, that that was, like, a couple that was only, like, a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, I was uh, gonna
2: the, say, that, that, that holiday's come and gone, Adrian. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, whether you want to see the balloons and floats that comprise the Universal Holiday Parade featuring Macy's or experiencing Grinchmas and Seuss Landing, uh, however you decide holiday, you do you Tickets, uh, additional packages, and other information are available online at universalando.com and of course the festivities run until December thirty first. So uh there you go. Another is so, so uh, a reason to go over to uh, go over to Orlando for the holiday season there.
2: Or if you just want to get away from the snow.
1: <laughs> and the thunder snow.
2: Especially the thunder snow. <laughs>
1: Uh just the one housekeeping note uh, for this week here and it belongs uh this particular podcast here. Starting with season two B in January, we are going to be having a little bit of a change of sorts, I think, with uh, with the way we are going to be presenting this podcast here. Uh, and one of the reasons that uh originally the mission, I think one of the things that I wanted to do with this podcast was to also provide, you know, the latest and what was going on within the animation in well, not only the animation industry but also the wider entertainment industry in general. There, so uh, um, uh, obviously, I um, I made light of the fact that uh, that I'm currently the creative director of WTN News, run by Edvardi Jackson. And so, uh, starting with season two, b uh, in January, you're gonna be you're gonna start hearing um, these uh, Zachary and Peach's. animation news breaks. Um, in between the uh in between particularly the intro and our main discussion segment uh during our podcast and those will of course be powered by the world telegram news so uh so if anything uh this will makes this, this will make this podcast more of a one-stop shop of sorts uh for uh for all things related to the animation industry uh discussions and also providing you with a little bit of news uh going on around there too so uh so I'm uh, looking forward to that. And we also have a few other changes in store as well. And of course that we implemented uh, gradually between season two B and of course uh, season three. So uh, yeah. So uh, looking forward to the, looking forward to some of those changes there, especially the uh, animation news break that we will be having from WTN news starting in January.
2: Yeah, that's going to be a pretty welcome addition to the podcast. I mean, I, I initially remember when we were talking about getting this, this thing off the ground, that you wanted to have a um, a news segment, basically. And, you know, basically we've been kind of using the housekeeping notes, which are, you know, initially started out as more of a a podcast info uh, segment, which is uh, kind of what it even still is, at least with with this episode in particular. But it kind of also evolved into a bit of a news break where we just briefly discuss about, things going on in pop culture and in the news. Um, So that being said, having a formal segment in there so we don't have to cram uh, stuff into the housekeeping notes unless we specifically have something to say about a specific topic I think is a a really great um, opportunity. And I'm looking forward to implementing that once Season two B starts. Speaking of season two B, I suppose um, you know Adrian had mentioned we only really have one housekeeping note um, for this this episode before we we jump right into our main discussion here. But I guess we technically have two. I, um, in general, you know, since we're 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 already talking about season two B. That means, basically, this episode is going to be our last episode for Season 2A, so therefore we are going to be entering our mid-season break. Um, and as Adrienne said, we'll be returning with another incredible episode of our, uh, featuring our- our lovely- our lovely voices talking to you about all things animation, autism, and everything else um mm-hmm. starting january so that being said um yeah we're looking forward to continuing this season with you guys hope you all stick around but uh yeah until then enjoy our final episode from season 2a
1: and of course the final episode of the year for the zachary and peter show we are going to be discussing about the holiday tunes that made us as a as we wrap up this uh, first half of the season here, we'll be right back.
0: Next on the Sacharean Peaches Show, it's the most wonderful time of the year to look back on the holiday tunes that made us. Adrian and Emma chat about the festive animated specials they grew up watching over the years. From Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and How the Grinch Stole Christmas to special Christmas episodes of Rocco's Modern Life and Bluey. And later, another Food Network holiday tradition returns, Holiday Baking Championship. Emma talks about their fascination with the baking reality competition series and what might be coming up this season on the show. Coming up after the break. The Zachary and Peaches Show keeps animation in the conversation.
2: We have a great show for you and we are going to be talking about something that I think a lot of us either, you know, genu- generally grew up with.
0: Join autistic artists Adrian Mata and Emma Settles as they discuss about the latest.
1: I was kind of a little bit surprised. I thought Chris Pratt did okay as Mario, but the rest of the cast, they, they fit into their roles uh, superbly well there.
0: And popular works in animation.
2: Even if- If we weren't given a full season three, I feel like these episodes didn't compromise the series itself. And I think that in a lot of ways, these specials were some of my favorite episodes of the series.
0: As well as everything else.
1: There was a program that broadcasts in the UK called Ant & Dex Saturday Night Takeaway, and they were doing a live season finale.
0: The Zachary & Peaches Show, streaming Tuesdays on most major podcast platforms.
2: Emma here. Stay tuned for this week's question. Spotify listeners can reply through this platform's Q&A feature on their mobile device to have their say. You can also reply on Adrian's profile at adrianmada 26 on DeviantArt and Tumblr to this episode's recap entry on both platforms or through our show's Instagram and Threads accounts at ZacharyandPeaches with your thoughts. We can't wait to hear what you have to say.
0: Reminiscing on the holiday tunes that made us, it's season's greetings from the Zachary and Peaches Show.
1: Alongside Emma Settles, I'm Adrian Monta. We're back with the Zachary and Peaches Show. And of course, season's greetings to all of you as uh, we celebrate uh, the holidays. You know, uh, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, uh, Christmas especially uh as we look back on the holiday twos that made us all the animated christmas specials that uh that have made an impact on us uh as we have grown up in our respective hometowns isn't that right emma
2: yeah both specials that we've grown up on as well as stuff that we've grown to love um as uh, teens and adults as well so that being said i'm very much looking forward to this discussion as we have a pretty wide variety um, of topics to get to. So uh, that being said, why don't we uh, why don't we get started on our first uh, our first point of discussion?
1: All right, uh, I'll leave this up to you, Emma. Where do you want to start
2: here? I guess I guess in that case, um, why don't we start on something that had an impact on us both? Let's talk about uh, a a. Uh, an Octonauts episode. I think that would be a nice...
1: I thought we were going to talk about how the Grinch stole Christmas there. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll end with that. We'll have a nice tie-in us both at the beginning and then a nice tie-in to us both right at the end. <laughs>
1: okay, all right. Well, let's go ahead and do that here. So, of course, uh, Very special Christmas was the second Christmas special from the original Octonauts series, the OG Octonauts TV series, and uh, this kind of really de- dealt with a, uh, I think, with a, a Christmas party, a a mysterious a blob, and uh, and a rescue line, and um, basically how the whole thing kind of really turns out. You know, they have the Octonauts had their Christmas party, and then there's like a, I think there's an octo work that goes out. Um, I think Shanty was doing some research or something, and then he got swallowed up by the uh, ocean blob thingy there. And then, of course, the, the rest of the Octos, they eventually get huh, they eventually get uh, subsumed by this particular blob, which is a really bad way of explaining this plot line here. But the vegetables are there to uh, save the day. Thanks to a thanks to volume seventeen of the Octonauts train guide that taught them that a rescue line beats a blob every time. Somehow I remember that, but um, but it was a bit a bit of a non. I guess it was kind of really, I guess it was kind of really a non traditional special of sorts here. I think the first, I think the first uh, special that they had, I think it was like um. I think it was the first one here, I think it was uh, I, either it was the Great Christmas Rescue or something. I'm not sure about the title there, but um but um but this one was more uh, I guess a little more non-traditional of sorts here. That it kind of we kinda of really dealt with the Christmas party there, but eventually, you know um eventually that led to, to a,
2: it. Yeah, it just it kind of delved off into its own thing. Which is it's great. I think that's a, a really interesting way to approach a holiday special because, you know, when you think of holiday specials, you kind of think, you know, they, they, they all kind of follow, regardless of the themes, the topic, or even the holiday that is celebrated during the episode, Um, whether it's, you know, Christmas or Hanukkah or even a winter holiday at all, if you think of like Halloween episodes, they all kind of follow a, a similar format. You You kind of get the vibe of that holiday pretty much, all throughout this episode i think i think it kind of leaned into the spirit of christmas in a very non-traditional way and again forgive me for kind of like maybe i'm reading too much into this but the reason as to why it's called a very vegemal christmas is not only because of the fact that the vegemals wind up saving the rest of the octonauts from this blob um so to speak but also the fact that this is also sort of the origin story of the Vegemoles as a a species and how they, you know, how they met the Octonauts, specifically uh, your favorite, Shellington. Um, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, that being said, Adrian, why don't you give us a quick little...
1: Okay, so basically, this this is actually um, this origin story of the vegetables. It's kind of adapted from one of the uh, one of the uh, Octonauts uh, story books, like the one uh, from one from one of the stories within the Octonauts book series. But it basically goes that uh, Shellington uh, found some mysterious eggs. I think somewhere, actually, it was attached to the Octopod's legs. Now I remember. I remember it now. It was attached to the Octopod's legs. It was a bit dangerous to leave them outside as is. So, Shellington brought them inside to the Octopod and over to his lab to, you know, kind of look after them, maybe do some research on them. And then, um, after a couple nights, um, the eggs started to, the eggs hatched, uh, the vegetables, of course, were born. They were kind of really singing their little tune here and there. And, um... Yeah, pretty much, basically, how the vegetables kind of really came about uh, within, uh, I guess, within the Octonauts universe, so to speak. Um, and of course, they started helping out, you know, um, you know, aboard the Octopod and all of that. And um, you know, that's when they became a, an integral part of the Octonauts crew.
2: Yeah, and you know, even though the vegetables are kind of like you know. They're they're kind of like the unsung heroes of the Octonauts' crew, especially considering the fact that, you know, they they primarily help out with just the care and the keeping of the Octopod. So, yeah, that being said, even though they're not necessarily out on missions, at least not all of the time, um, at the same token, though, they still definitely serve their purpose in helping, you know, make the Octopod run smoothly as well as just providing... Some companionship and some uh, uh, much-needed comic relief sometimes in the midst of sometimes uh, the stressful uh, situations of constant rescues and having to move the octopod and a whole bunch of stuff like that. But back to the whole discussion that I was sort of leading up to, how this special, and especially, you know, with featuring the Vegemoles, highlights... Christmas in a very interesting, non-traditional way. And again, this is this might be a little bit of a of a reach here, but at least this is what I see. I mean, Shellington basically talked about raising the vegetables himself, or at the very least, raising them alongside the Octonauts. But he he hatched them. He's basically their their dad. Shellington and Tunip, especially in the original series, kind of had this this specific little bond. Specifically with Shellington sort of being able to translate vegemal language particularly well, as well as the fact that you know they just liked hanging around him the most. Considering the fact that in in some ways they kind of see him as being their father, which is adorable, downright adorable. But you know you're you're thinking to yourself, you know what does this have to do with Christmas? And <laughs> Basically, I have one word for you, and that one word is family. Ultimately, this is a story about a family. I mean, that's just kind of how the Octonauts function in general, though. I mean, if you really want to take it even to more of an umpteenth degree, you know, the entire Octonauts crew, even though they come from different places and are different species of animals, they are all still living together under the same... Uh, octopus shaped roof. And you know, they really love and care and support each other. And they've sort of become this little family of sorts, not just you know, not just coworkers, not just members of a crew, but a really tight-knit group of friends slash a family. And the fact that we have this little glimpse on where the vegetables came from and how much they not only love Shellington, but just love the rest of the Octonauts crew, it's sort of a nice little tie back to family being one of the core themes and the core reasons for not just Christmas, but for basically any holiday, especially winter holidays. You know, family is pretty much at the core of a majority of. The holidays, but especially during this holiday season, I think really having an emphasis on family and care and support is a really interesting way of you know addressing a holiday special without going too in your face with the holiday theme. But yeah, I think in general, even though it, it after a while it kind of just feels like a normal Octonauts episode. It kind of just show, goes to show you that, you know, with the right support system and with the love of your family, no matter how little you are, you can do incredible things.
1: Octonaza, again, has been one of the shows that uh, you and I have kind of really bonded through. I, I guess we got we'll kind of really stark friendship here as uh, as uh, we have um, made mention of a couple of times on the, on the podcast, but... Um, this was the this was a special I kind of remember seeing, you know, a little bit uh, I guess a little bit more often than the first of one that they, that they did, but but it was just a it was just an it was just a great Christmas special, uh, you know, especially considering, you know, this is a preschool children's program that we are speaking about, but yeah, a, a, you know, a nice holiday special kind of really loosely Christmas related that only is about family.
2: Exactly. I mean, just Again, not, not enough can be said about Octonauts. It's just, specifically as it relates to, you know, you and I, um, and how we basically started this friendship, and, you know, lo and behold, would have thought it would have led to this. Um, us, you know, sitting down in our respective, uh, respective homes recording a podcast about cartoons together. But yeah, that being said, I feel like Octonauts was, and one of their holiday specials was definitely something that... It needed to be discussed during this episode, especially just with how warm and fuzzy the very vegetable Christmas is, especially on the th- excuse me, especially on the theme of just loving people around you and embodying the spirit of the holidays through compassion and care and family.
1: And of course, uh, you know, when we're talking about family here, um, you know, you know. One of the most famous families in um, in all of children's television is, of course, um, you know, the Healer family, and of course, uh, we're talking and uh, we're kind of really dealing with uh, Blue Ear. So, Veranda um, uh, Veranda uh, Verandas Santa kind of really gives a little bit of a glimpse into how I guess uh, I guess um, a, a bit of a certain subsection. I guess uh, how certain Australians uh, celebrate Christmas, especially uh, down under, like in the Southern Hemisphere. There, so. um, since, uh, since this was one of your favorite uh, favorite specials, uh, favorite Christmas specials here, uh, what's this episode about, Emma?
2: Well, Bluey actually has two Christmas specials, and Veranda Santa is the first of the two. I would actually um, like to throw you a little bit of a curveball here and try to very quickly discuss both, especially since the second season episode, uh, which is called Christmas Swim, Actually, I feel like delves into a little bit more of uh, what an Aussie Christmas uh, is like, at least um, amongst the healers. Um, But that being said, we definitely said we're going to be discussing Veranda Santa. And it's a great episode anyway, so I will go ahead and discuss it first. Um, So as I said before, Veranda Santa is the first of the two Bluey Christmas specials. Uh, I believe it came out the end of season one. Um... So I believe it was released in like 2019 or something in in Australia, um, or late 2018, something along those lines, and then uh, probably around the end of 2020 here in the States. But um, Veranda Santa follows the Healer family, as well as a little bit of the extended family, specifically um, Muffin and Socks, as well as uh, their mother and father, Stripe and Trixie, uh, coming over to... The main healer family's house for Christmas And it's Christmas Eve And the girls are super excited And they've decided to make up a new Christmas-themed game Because they were wondering You know, how how does Santa come in and deliver the presents? Because we don't have a chimney And uh, I think it was Bingo suggests Maybe he uses the veranda which is the the little deck they have outside of their mother and father's uh window that being said they decide to play a game called veranda santa with dad the the lovable bandit healer and he basically uh they were playing this game and unfortunately during this game something happens and bluey and bluey gets basically that what happens is Bluey gets bit by socks by accident um and socks is like a basically a one-year-old at this time so she uh, she's obviously a baby so she doesn't really know any better but bluey bluey really takes that to heart especially as she's very much in the mindset of you know If you're a naughty kid, you don't get presents on Christmas. Don't be mean or else, you know, you're not going to get presents. So, you know, once it's Bluey's turn to play as Santa, she refuses to deliver a gift to Socks. And when Socks realizes that she doesn't have a gift, Bluey kind of makes this remark where... Basically, she says what I said initially, you know, oh, I guess Santa doesn't deliver presents to children who bite people. And Socks obviously, is fucking hearted, and she runs out of the house and sits underneath the, the light-up reindeer and kind of just keeps to herself. But eventually this kind of leads to her mother and her father having a discussion with her about, you know... Being on the nice list, quote unquote, and getting presents, you know, that doesn't really have anything to do with why it's important to be nice to people in general, as well as overall the the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of, of family. And that being said, Bluey eventually sees for herself that she hurt Sox's feelings and that she really shouldn't have done that because, you know, basically, who cares if I get presents or not? Especially since my my parents kind of hinted at the fact that, regardless, I am getting presents. Um, but even, in, you know, regardless, they don't matter. What really matters is just general kindness and compassion to people in your life as well, especially to those in your family. So... You know, that eventually leads to Bluey and Sox making up and then playing more games. And then everyone has a, a happy and, and nice Christmas Eve together. Um, and also involves uh, a, very, um, a very outnumbered pillow fight between the bandit and the rest of the healer family right at the end of the episode. Which is just... Very, Which is just a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, I, as as I kind of went through the plot of that whole episode here. But again, basically, just the whole topic of that episode is, you know, getting rewards and getting presents and, you know, all of that is nice. But it's not the reason as to why you should be kind to people. Because what's more important is... Maintaining relationships, maintaining friendships, you know, maintaining a healthy family life. You know, gifts are nice, but what's more important, especially during holidays, is family. And you know, once Bluey sort of realizes that, that's when, of course, the episode sort of comes back into the the merriment, and everything is uh, everything's right in the healer household again, uh, and that. Episode is is really lovely, especially since it takes place. The majority of it takes place. At, actually, all of it takes place during uh, the evening hours, so you get a lot of nice lighting, and especially with with inside, with the way the the healer Christmas trees is, is lit, and when the house is kind of all dim, and it's only being illuminated by Christmas lights, and just ah, oh, that it's 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 pretty to. Look at in show, and it's it's also just making me think of my own Christmas tree, which I literally just set up today Um, just that feeling of sitting in the living room in the dark with nothing but the Christmas tree Providing light is, is a lovely, lovely feeling Um, but I'm getting distracted Um, the next episode that I like to talk about is, um, Christmas Swim and as I said at the initial beginning of this segment, this episode really sort of delves into what Aussie Christmas, at least what for the healers, is like. Um, basically, we come in right at the end of uh, everyone opening up their gifts, and then eventually the entire family comes out and has this, big pool party together. Um, and I believe they're at Stripes house uh, this year for Christmas. So, yeah. Uh, and during all of that all of the uh, all of the Christmas outdoor fun uh, since Christmas happens in the summer, uh, down under. <laughs> um, so that being said, you know everyone's out there having a good time. Meanwhile, Bluey, is basically her, she's basically being tasked with trying to keep her new doll safe and uh his name is Bartleby and basically what's been going on is Bartleby has been kind of subjected to a lot of the family's crazy antics. Um he fell in the pool a couple of times. Um I believe is uh I, I <laughs> I believe Bluey's grandmother, well, she, she kept messing up his name, um, but also uh, part, partially broke his arm and just a whole bunch of wacky shenanigans happened. Um, and Bluey basically feels, you know, upset that her family is, you know, playing a bit too rough with her new toy. But then uh, she gets this, this, basically this FaceTime call from her aunt well, oh, now, Aunt. Uh, at least it's it's kind of been implied that you know she and Rad are are either married or engaged or just dating. Um, but her uncle Rad and Frisky, her basically her her other aunt, um, get on the line. They're out on, in a vacation elsewhere. But you know, Frisky basically gives this whole discussion of. Yeah, family, the Healer family is, in in her words, a bit crazy, but they are definitely full of love and that, you know, just voice your concerns, but eventually you'll find out there's more, you have more in common with people around you than you think you do and that you'll ultimately have a, a pretty great time in the end once you sort of realize that. And... Yeah, I mean, in general, just the whole vibe of that episode, not only just getting to witness these characters just playing and and eating and celebrating Christmas in a way that is, you know, different from how we see Christmas with living in the States, but, you know, just also the message of, yeah, your family can get a bit nuts at times, life can get hectic, but at the same token, though, if, you know, if your family is... As full of love as the healers is then you know yeah you ultimately all you can do is sort of you know give that love back to them in return no matter no matter what your family is your family and your family loves you so yeah that that episode is always a ton of fun and i'm just i'm looking forward to finally giving it another watch through uh once we're a little bit closer to uh to Christmas.
1: And as long as, like, uh, you know, you know, you know, love being, like, at the core of, like, everything, you know, with regards to everything that you do with your family, whether it's your your family by blood or, you know, your chosen family, I mean, that's all that really, that's all that really matters here. So, um, from, from, from an Aussie fan, so from, uh, so I'm pretty much in, like, a, a diverse crew of, uh, Octonauts to an Aussie family, and now to a story that kind of really embraces um, differences as much as um, as much as uh, as much as uh, Elemental did, I guess. With that movie, we talked about it last week on the podcast. Here, a bit of a classic uh, Christmas special from uh, I believe back in the '60s or so. Um, it's it has aired uh, perennially, uh, like on an annual basis on the CBS Television Network, and it is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And basically, the story is... Uh, I'll probably tell from a more abridged standpoint here, but but Rudolph is uh, kind of really trying out... I think he kind of goes through the motions of, you know, the reindeer games, trying out, you know, to be, like, you know, one of Santa's reindeer, I suppose. And, of course, it comes out that, you know, he's got, he's got a bright, shiny, light-up red nose. And, uh... And he kind of gets ridiculed for it, and uh, so, and so, eventually he kind of really, I guess uh, he kind of really starts to, um, to run away. And also, um, also converging with that story line, uh, there's there's also an elf um, by the name of Hermie who um, who doesn't want him to make uh, Christmas toys. He rather he would ra- much rather be a dentist. And so he kind of really, he's kind of really not, you know. That enthused with making toys for Santa to give out to the children uh, throughout uh, throughout Christmas time. I, gu- I guess uh, on Christmas Eve, and of course they'll open. I guess the children will open them up on Christmas Day anyway. But um, but of course uh, he kind of really. Um, I think after I think after an accident, or I think after an accident in the toy workshop, that's when you know he decides to you know, I guess you know kind of retreat from from them. And, you know, he and Rudolph meet each other. Um, and then of course they're then chased by this, this abominable snow monster. And of course, um, they end up getting rest I guess they ended up getting rescued by this um uh by this uh this fellow named Yukon. And this I, I guess this scene was probably cut from the British version that I remember seeing at SeaWorld. Um uh, throughout the years, but um, but but you know, there's also this particular scene there where Rudolph and and Hermie they they go to this land of um, misfit toys, and you know, you know they were kind of really you know excluded, you know, particularly because uh because of the um, certain anomalies that they have. I think one of the I think one of those toys was like a train with square wheels there. So I think I think that I think that was that. So at one point they do see that, and, you know, they kind of really embrace their own, difference. and that's where, they, I guess you can kind of see how their their differences can somehow be embraced to that extent, and then, of course, uh, I think after that, you know, Rudolph's all grown up, and, you know, and, uh, and there's, like, this, um, I think there's a snowstorm, I think um, Clarice is, like, captured by the abominable snow snow monster and then uh Rudolph tries to stand up to this uh this fella and of course it gets knocked down in the process but uh but I got but eventually but eventually um you know Yukon Hermit are able to uh I guess subdue subdue the almost snow monster and it turns out you know he's got he has he kind of really has a bit of a loose a bit of a tooth that's kind of really aggravating I guess it's kind of really causing him pain so so there's that, and then um, after that, um, the uh, the snow monster and uh, Yukon they jump over the, I guess they jump over the edge there, I think uh, probably off a icy cliff or something. That that's when uh, uh, Rudolph and Hermie they return home, and then uh, you know it's and, and of course you know the snowstorm's still going on, and so uh, Santa tells the elves and every and all the reindeer that unfortunately he can't deliver the presents on Christmas Eve. And so Christmas was going to be canceled, but, uh, but that wasn't until Santa discovers, you know, Rudolph's bright, shiny red nose. And he sort, and then he comes to realize, Hey, this, uh, this, this guy here, he might, he might, he might as well save Christmas after all. And he might as well help, you know, guide him and the other reindeers to, uh, to help deliver presents to the children on Christmas Eve. So, uh, and so everybody starts celebrating. I guess everybody starts to realize that everybody else starts to realize that too. And, you know, they start to, uh, celebrate, you know, Rudolph, you know, being the hero of, uh, that particular Christmas, uh, particular Christmas Eve, so to speak. So yeah, there is that.
2: Yeah. I mean, even though I, ha- we definitely had this as being more of like, you know, something for you to elaborate upon Adrian, but just in general, As a kid, I grew up with Rudolph, too, and I absolutely loved him. I had this giant stuffed Rudolph when I was a kid um, and a whole bunch of just little figurines and such from uh, based on the movie that I got ages and ages ago from, like, Toys R Us. I think I still have the figurines somewhere in our our, our Christmas uh, decorations pile in the basement, But, again, that's kind of irrelevant. If there is one thing that I really love about this special is just the fact that, you know, ultimately I feel like this, as you said, this is definitely a story about difference. And initially difference being seen as a bad thing to the point where, you know, Rudolph and Hermie are basically exiled for being different. And they find a whole land of people who are different, all these misfit toys that had been either, you know, had probably been made by Santa or at least by, you know, by the elves in the past that were, you know, deemed as being unusable or unfit or whatever the case is, and they kind of went to their own land and found this, uh, this very kind king uh, in the, uh, unfortunately his name slips my mind, but the, uh, the winged lion character, um and you know he rules over the land of the misfit toys and therefore you know they've created their own little home of difference and acceptance even though they kind of have this this longing of be of you know wanting to be accepted by the broader society and then eventually you know Rudolph coming back home and then you know proving himself that hey you know I met a lot of incredible different people in you know, there's there's more than just my, you know, me I am a part of a whole pack of misfits and, you know, we're us whether you like it or not and eventually everyone else finally decides to come to their senses and realizes that, you know, Rudolph and Hermie are good to have around considering the fact that, you know, Rudolph was able to help Santa pull his sleigh because of the fog and the snowstorm that had come during Christmas Eve. As well as the fact that Hermie ultimately uh, fixed up Bumble's bad attitude by removing all of his rotten teeth. So if anything, this is this kind of is the the quintessential story about realizing that, you know, difference is a good thing, that ultimately we should keep difference around. Because not only does it make the world a more interesting place, but you never know when someone who's different will come into your life that has some sort of skill or some sort of outlook on life that is different from yours that comes in handy and helps you, that will, you know, help you adjust your own view on life. So, yeah, if, if anything, though, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely rooted for Rudolph as a little kid, um, you know being a quote-unquote misfit toy myself um so to speak i you know i definitely could relate to his story and if anything i'm just thankful that eventually everyone around him came to their senses and realized that yeah being different is a good thing
1: i remember i remember uh there was a bit of a discussion on the um uh, on the uh on the talk show, The View a couple of years ago, I think when uh Mecca McCain was uh, on the panel there, there was a bit of a discussion going on about whether Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer kind of promoted bullying and uh <laughs> uh Webby Goldberg kind of really led the audience, I guess, uh, I guess through a bit of a church service rendition. I don't know if a sermon would be a appropriate term to use here, but she le- kind of led them through a church service style <laughs> rendition of I guess the uh the uh, the theme to Rudolph the red reindeer, and after that she says, "Where's the problem? Where is the problem? Like uh, like this uh, this is a story, I guess. Uh, and I guess to kind of, she kind of really explain she kind of really explained her point that uh you know this is a story about somebody who was uh you know who had a bit of a di- who was different from the rest of the from the rest of the reindeer, but um but but eventually you know the rest of the people. The rest of the people came around to uh, you know accepting Rudolph for who he is and uh, and knowing that you know he he was the he kind of became the savior of uh, of that particular Christmas there. So uh, with uh, with his bright shiny red nose there and all that and so uh, yeah, it was like the only it was the only time that all all the five all the five ladies on that panel actually agreed that there was nothing problematic about that special. It was just just something i wanted to throw in there uh also besides that um uh, see, well, they also hold the rights i guess to the ranking bass characters including rudolph and uh and of course the characters from that special there so uh and so uh, every year you know uh they always have this uh display of um this uh this meet and greet of uh rudolph clarice uh, yukon the uh, bumble and all the all the uh, i guess uh yeah, pretty much every pretty much every single familiar character uh, from that particular special there, and uh, you know, just working there and just experiencing all that, you know, both as a guest and as a as an employee. You know, um, it was a. Uh, I just I had I had some good times there while it lasted. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I'm glad you did. Also, it's very fascinating to know that they uh, currently own the rights to Rankin Bass, for that matter. So that's that's just an interesting little tidbit there. Um. Yeah. Again, if anything, I grew up on all the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, Rudolph especially. So the fact that this made it, this uh, classic, made it into our uh, our holiday special discussion, I think, was uh, was qu- uh, again quite special.
1: I want to go over to O Town, but I think I think what I want to do is make a detour over to the constant. Um, I think something about a uh, you know a bit of a special, a Christmas like a holiday special that the folks at Clay Entertainment uh, did. I think a few years back, uh, something called a uh, Starvers Carol for uh, for the Don't Starve franchise.
2: Yeah. Um, so basically, as a quick detour before we hit the home stretch with our last two specials. Um, but as uh, Adrian had explained. Clay, who is responsible for the one game that I can't shut up about, uh, Don't Starve Together. And the game that came before it, uh, simply called uh, Don't Starve, they made, uh, well, of course, as we have discussed on the podcast, the game um, also comes with specific, like, update shorts and just little cartoon promo cartoons that air on Clay's YouTube channel, basically advertising the game and showing all the neat updates that they're they're working on, but also just continuing to further develop the story of the game so that you know longtime players know what specifically is is going on within the wilds of the constant. But you know, in the midst of that, there is this little, I believe, 30 second short that was released back in like 2016 or something, done by Clay, where we have this song um, composed by the Clay composers, where basically the original protagonists from the first game, uh, Wilson and Willow, they primarily focus on them uh, with a, a guest appearance, so to speak, of a uh, Reign of Giants update character by the name of Weber, who is an adorable little spider boy. Uh, <laughs> look up a picture of Weber if you don't know what he looks like. He is absolutely adorable, at least, you know, as far as spiders go. But, again, I'm I'm going into the weeds here. But what makes that short so fascinating is, A, just the fact that Clay really knows animation. The fact that they put a lot of love and a lot of talent and a lot of just overall effort into these little short promotional cartoons, I think, is just... It, it shows to the, their level of not only talent, but also just dedication to this franchise in particular but just to their craft in general so again just props to clay for literally everything that they do especially for the don't starve franchise because it's just it's it's top notch but you know I, i think another reason why i wanted to bring this short up is because this is actually the first instance where we hear characters of this this world speaking in a language that we can understand, <laughs> and you know, kind of, kind of following the the in lieu of like Animal Crossing, where it's basically just you know text on a screen and everything that's is audible is just nonsense is is it's gibberish. Um, but yeah, the all the Don't Starve characters are voiced by a specific instrument: um, Wilson being a trumpet, Willow being a flute, and then Weber. Being a no lie, a synthesizer that was dropped down a flight of stairs. <laughs> my uh, not my words, Clays. Um, <laughs> but just hearing them not only just talk but also sing and sing this little short Christmas carol that now appears in you know the the interlude to that appears in the the Don't Starve titles. um. Whenever their their Christmas update drops, uh, so, yeah, again, if anything, it's it's just a, a sweet little feat of animation, just proving to the dedication that Clay has for their fans, as well as the fact that we get to hear little glimpses of what um at least at the time people at Clay thought that Wilson, Willow, and Weber. Would have sound like if they had actual people voicing them as opposed to just instruments, which is just it's really cool Um, I was additionally gonna talk about inevitable Which is another musical short and a much longer one at that um, and even though it is sort of again, uh, the quote-unquote christmas gift The yearly the yearly holiday gift that clay gives the fans at the same token though There's very little it has very little to do with christmas and the holidays Um so, that being said, I figured, you know, focusing on Wars Carol would be the best option of that. Especially considering the fact that, A, it's the first instance of voice acting in Clay's shorts for Don't Starve. And, B, the original Carol that they compose now is being used every single year with the Christmas update for the game. So, yeah, again, just... I'm happy that Clay does nice little things like this for its fans, and I'm very excited to see what they uh, what they they give us for the holidays, whether it's a cartoon, an update, or hopefully both, who knows. Um, but yeah, just happy holidays to everybody at Clay. You guys are the best.
1: And we certainly send our appreciation to them as well. Now we go over to Oak Town here, and it is a Christmas special from uh, Rocco's Modern Life called Rocco's Modern Christmas there. So um, um, I believe you also have this one, Emma.
2: Yes, um, and I think before we get into s- to s- specifics about the plot, but Rocco's Modern Christmas, I think it, it kind of feels... I think, at least to me, it sort of sums up almost perfectly what it's like to be a young adult and to be on your own and to be kind of far away from the people you love. Um, I mean, at the very least, your your family, you know, during the holidays. Basically, the plot goes as follows, is, you know, Rocco's just trying to have his best of a Christmas as he possibly can, but he's a little bit homesick for his family down under. It doesn't even really feel much like Christmas. It's kind of just been cloudy and gray and gross um, all in O Town. And, you know, it, it also re- was revealed that, you know, it hadn't snowed in O Town for years. And,. As Rocco is kind of going through the motions of sort of accepting the fact that, you know, he could very well be alone for the holidays, his buddies Heifer and Filbert show up and sort of decide to have a little holiday get-together. And eventually, uh, word kind of gets out that Rocco is hosting a massive Christmas party and pretty much the entire uh, entire city of O-Town decides to come. So Rocco eventually, you know, goes through all the preparations in trying to plan for all of these guests to be in his house celebrating Christmas with him as opposed to just a a small little get together with his two best friends and his uh and uh and Philbert's wife. <laughs> um the the B plot of the story which kind of, you know, leads into what What happens over the course of, you know, how the episode resolves itself? But on right on Christmas Eve, the vacant house across from Roccos, uh, a family of elves decides to move in. and they are, of course, they're they're elves. they're they're super full of of the Christmas spirit, even though the the head elf Mitch is a bit is a bit snarky, but he still loves his Christmas. So there you go. and As Rocco comes over to visit and get some advice from them, Rocco's grouchy next-door neighbor, Ed Bighead, decides to spread rumors about the elves. That they carry some sort of nasty disease that you don't want to get and, you know, don't come to the party because these disease-deranged elves are going to be there. And it's going to be so full Of, you know, Christmas cheer that's going to be coming out of your eyeballs and everyone got, you know, super freaked out about that. So, that being said, Rocco is eventually sort of left with this giant party. His house basically planned for a giant party, but absolutely no one shows up. With the exception of this one little lone elf who sort of shows up at midnight And gets Rocco to read him towards the night before Christmas as sort of a means of not only lifting his spirits but also lifting Rocco's spirits because his his homesickness is starting to kind of get to him again. And, you know, the Christmas party he had planned had, you know, gone to as a complete bust and that everything was just not really looking up for him. They'd they try their hardest to have a good Christmas, but that being said, it just, it didn't feel like the holidays and things just didn't feel right. And eventually, you know, this one little lone elf uses all of his love and of Rocco and all of his love of Christmas to make it snow in O-Town. And the rest of the party guests, you know, show up the following morning and apologize to Rocco and to the elves For the mess that they had caused And Rocco has his Christmas party on Christmas And then everyone has a wonderful happy holiday together So, yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing I can definitely, you know, have been saying about this special is that You know, (laughs) just the nature of Rocco as a show itself, you know I think the older you get, the more you can kind of relate to Rocco as a protagonist And relate to a lot of what he feels. Because, you know, there, there is, the one thing about the holidays that I could say that is definitely very negative is the fact that, you know, there's so much pressure on everything being, you know, being perfect and being magical and trying to maintain that sense of, you know, what you how amazing Christmases were when you were a kid and and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, now that you're an adult, that magic slowly but surely kind of starts to die a little bit, especially as you kind of, you know, are are more immersed in with reality and that all of your holiday plans can pretty much go up in smoke in, you know, the blink of an eye, whether it's uh, your small little get-together turning into a massive party or your massive party turning out to be a complete bust because no one shows up so you know that being said I think this episode in true Rocco fashion at least partially explores a little bit of you know coping with the fact that the holidays might not Always be as what we had hoped to be. You know, sometimes it's not going to be a very cheery holiday due to this, the circumstances of everything. But regardless of the circumstances, you can find a way to make something work. And that, and again, in true Rocco fashion, he was able to, even in the midst of being at his lowest point within that episode, find it in his heart to make room for a little bit of Christmas cheer even though he wasn't at home with his family and his party had you know gone to complete ruin but yeah I mean again that whole special I think it's funny this this special is something that I've started watching every Christmas at like 7 to 8 o'clock at night, right before I'm about to go to bed on Christmas night, you know, I, I put on that special and I I watch it. It's become a little tradition of mine. And, you know, that being said, I, 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 I think, as always, I applaud Rocco for exploring, you know, the unglamorous side of holiday days as a young adult. But, at the same token, though, having a sort of... But also, you know, having it end on a traditional, quote-unquote, cheesy holiday special note, but also in a very hopeful and really sweet note as well, for that matter. Because, again, if anything, if, you know, if Rock Oak will teach us anything, is that, you know, modern life as a young adult is... uh, is very hard, but at the same token though, eventually one of these, one of these days you're, you're going to win and you're, and things are going to work out for you.
1: I think it was kind of really, you know, I think you said it best. Your modern life is hard as an adult, but, but of course you'll always find a way to win. And especially since, um, especially since what I went through last, I guess through the last year and I think, um, you know, being jobless and then, you know, eventually getting a seasonal position at universal Orlando and, uh, you know, finally getting, you know, finally trying to make something work at least for the time being. And then, you know, eventually that kind of really led me to uh, that kind of led me down the road to, uh, you know, start working with them again, like full time here. So I think just, I think, that, I think that kind of really speaks to, uh, I, to that particular message there that, you know, despite whatever despite everything that um despite everything you know that you're going through i think as an adult you know there's still there's still going to be a way there's still going to be ways you can you know make somebody's day especially especially during the um especially during the holiday season too and you know just trying to uh spread some love some cheer some joy all the positive vibes that are are that are most commonly associated with uh, Christmas time here. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, sounded like a really good special and, uh, with a, with a, with a, with an equally, um, heartwarming message to go along with a, uh, with a particular storyline that only, uh, Rock was Martin life, uh, could only, uh, pull off.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, again, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely still has its own, you know, well, edgy isn't really the right word for it, but I, I, I can't think of anything else right now. But edgy 90s Nicktoons flair, but having a really sweet and heartwarming and kind message right at the end. Especially as Rocco himself is a very sweet and kind character. So if anything, it just goes to show you that a little love and a little care and a little support can take you a long way.
1: Yep, and it also leads us down to Whoville to wrap up our main discussion here. Uh, How the Grinch stole Christmas here. I know there's like a a live-action remake there, I think in 2000, starring Jim Carrey, and also I think another movie called The Grinch uh, that was uh, produced by Illumination, I think it was released a few years ago. But I think we're going to focus on this original, the OG Grinch Christmas special there. And... uh, you know the thirty minute uh, special there that um, I think used to air on ABC a couple, I think a couple years or so back. But uh, but basically the story, I guess the story, how the storyline goes here, you know, the, the Grinch is obviously like a creature that obviously hates Christmas. He he really he kind of really goes over, I guess, to his uh, pet dog, um, whose name I cannot remember off of the top of my head. There, that his name um, is
2: Max. If you can believe it.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, okay. Max. Well, he kind of really tells Max that, uh, you know, all the reasons that he hates Christmas and, you know, listening up all the things that, you know, all the, all the who's and who they'll do to celebrate Christmas. And so he pretty much just sets out to, um, you know, steal pretty much every single Christmas decoration item, food, drink, whatever from Whoville, So that way, they won't be able to celebrate Christmas when the people who feel um, going through an abridged version of this again. <laughs> uh, but when the people who feel kind of really, you know, discover, you know, all of the, you know, all their items, you know, for Christmas or pretty much been stolen right from under their notices, pretty much, you know, they still, you know, find a way to celebrate Christmas. Um, and just, you know, they still do so, I think, through, you um, You know, just making the most out of, you know, just trying to make the most out of, you know, the little things I think that, you know, that they have that, you know, they pretty much had, you know, after the Grinch stole everything from from the town. So, uh, yeah, pretty much that. And of course, the Grinch decides to um, he probably decides to backtrack on the on stealing and just. On stealing those Christmas decorations and decides, you know, he's gonna give all of those Christmas decorations back, and eventually he, you know, he partakes in the festivities himself. And uh that's pretty much how that whole thing goes. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring that special up is because um there is a um uh Universal Orlando, they do this uh Grinchmas over at Islands of Adventure. And uh they have like this um they have this show over there, and they pretty much they dec- decorate the entire uh, entire Island over there uh, for for Grinchmas, and especially especially for Christmas time. Anyway, they pretty much decorate like almost all the entire park there for for the holiday season. But um, but they do have this thing over there with uh, I think with this Grinchmas stage show, and also this uh, this character breakfast with the Grinch and a couple of other characters. I think from the doctor from the world of Doctor Seuss. So uh, that's why I kind of wanted to bring that up there. But uh, you know you know the Grinch, of course, having made appearances. I think. You know at the parks and all that especially during especially during christmas time there and uh you know seeing this is my first time you know being at universal as a team member you know it's kind of really interesting to see how things it's kind of really interesting to see how things work you know over there you know both as a team member and also as a guest and just kind of really seeing how things you know go about over there so that's kind of really why I wanted to bring that up, and also because you know I grew, uh, I pretty much grew up on that special too, especially you know seeing it on, of course, ABC, you know, uh, growing up and and just uh, you know, basically you know just enjoying the special, you know, just as a little, just a little, just as a little kid and just enjoying that, and you know, and also the uh, 2000 uh, remake starring Jim Carrey, of course, I think, I think, but um, yeah. It's just a fun little thirty minute special from I I think it was also from the sixties there too. So yeah, there you go.
2: Animated by the incredible Chuck Jones with his incredible signature style. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you also brought the special up too, considering the fact that I also grew up on um, on classic Grinch. Um, especially since you know it was it was probably my mom's favorite holiday special when she was when she was young. Um, and when she was uh, my mom actually used to be a um, a preschool teacher. And back when she taught preschool, she would have this little plush grinch that she would take in um, with her with, you know, every christmas with with the classmates and he was always a big hit and and all of that lovely stuff i think she still has that grinch too which is is also quite a lovely thing to think about um can't put him up in a while but at the very least it's it's nice to know that he's there um but yeah again this is this special is undoubtedly a classic not only for the fact that it has such fantastic animation but also the fact that it just it has a nice message too I think the one line that that just that really hits at least hits me hard and with this special is the fact that, you know, the narrator says, you know, maybe Christmas isn't something you can buy from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps can be something it can be something more, you know, it's because it's not the I, I think it's easy to forget, especially today. That Christmas and the holidays in general is not about the contest of who, you know, buys or makes or whatever the biggest or best presents or who can out decorate your neighbor or whatever the case is. And that's what the grinch ultimately saw about christmas is just all of the all of the noise all of the spectacle all of the selfishness that can be seen sort of on a surface layer about the holidays however you know after he sort of takes all of the all of the festivities quote unquote away so to speak you know And he thinks that the Who's are left with nothing. The Who's still find a way to celebrate Christmas. Because maybe it's a little bit disappointing that our tree is gone and all of our presents and all of our food and all of our traditions aren't here. But we still have each other. And that is the most important part about Christmas and about the holidays. And any holiday, really, is just, as I said with the Octonaut special, it's about... The love you have for your family and for your friends and for the world. It's just a day of that emphasizes peace and compassion and family and caring. And once the Grinch sort of, you know, realized that it's not all about, you know, just the stuff. It's more of a feeling. It's more of... You know, an emotion. It's, it's it's more of a celebration of kindness than it is. You know, all of all of the the showy um, outer shell. That's when you know his heart grows two sizes and he decides to join in on the festivities as well. So yeah, again, I think that's definitely a message that a lot of us. Uh, need to be reminded of because you know, ultimately, if you strip down the holidays to their core, it's all just about love.
1: And love is what we need a lot more of, you know, in times like these, especially you know, with everything that's been going on as of late. Um, and yeah, pretty much, pretty much about it. I think that's, uh, I think that's all of the specials. That, um, that we have uh, gotten through at least for uh, this week, at least for this particular edition of the tunes that made us anyway, this holiday edition. Anyway, it was a little bit fun to, well, quite fun to kind of really look back on those uh, particular tunes there and uh, those, uh, those particular specials there and, you know, seeing, you know, what made the, what made them, you know, special in their own right and, in exemplifying the Christmas spirit there.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, as much as of a, of a "quote unquote" Grinch, <laughs> so to speak, as I am. At the same token, though, I I, I can't help but love this time of year, of, like so many people, probably even listening to this podcast. I, I again, because ultimately, if you boil the holidays down to one word, as I said, it's love. And who doesn't love love? Only jerks do don't love love. <laughs> So, yeah. Anyway, um I'm just incredibly thankful that we were able to spend this uh this lovely time chatting about all of our favorite holiday episodes, specials, whatever you want to call it. And uh I hope we get to do this again next year. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, they'd to mention the, uh, some of the streaming services that some of these specials are on. Octonauts, uh, Very Vegetable for Christmas, is on Netflix. The two Bluey Christmas episodes are on, excuse me, they're on Disney+. Plus. uh Rockless Modern Christmas is on Paramount+. Plus. And as far as Riddle the R- Red Nose Reindeer and How the Grinch Stole Christmas Goes, I believe you can buy those uh, from Prime Video or Apple TV. Uh, I think Apple TV as well for... Uh, I think for like $7.99, I think eight dollars, I
2: suppose. So, and I believe uh, both the classic Grinch as well as the 2018 remake Grinch um, are available on Peacock as well.
1: Ah, nice. So I'm, I'm, I'll have to check. I'll have to check that uh, special out uh, at some point during the season there. So uh, anyway, uh, that's pretty much it for our main discussion here. We'll be back with more of the Zachary Beaches show in just a moment. Now is this week's question, I'm Adrian Mata. Emma and I just went over a few of the holiday tunes that made us, and now we want to hear from you! What was your favorite animated Christmas special growing up, and why? Let us know now through Spotify's Q&A feature on your mobile device. You can also apply to this episode's recap entry on DeviantArt and Tumblr through my profile on both platforms at adriamata26, or to our show's Instagram and Threads accounts at Zachary and Peaches. The Zachary and Peaches Show resumes in just a moment.
0: Neurodivergent, in depth, unique. You're listening to The Zachary and Peaches Show.
1: Before Emma and I move on to something completely different this week, I thought it'd be nice to look back on the historic year that was 2023. There were some firsts, some successes, and some struggles throughout this year in the animation and entertainment industries, and I've tried my best to document it here in this asterisk segment. This year was a cruel one for the viewers, writers, actors, and producers in studios, as the Writers Guild of America and the Actors Union SAG-AFTRA went on their respective strikes against the AMPTP over the lack of residuals from streaming services and the usage of artificial intelligence in multimedia production. The Directors Guild of America did agree to a separate deal with the studios, keeping them at bay as far as benefits and other stipulations go. Nonetheless, many great films were released around 2023, especially over the course of the summer. World will remember this day. Greta Gerwig's Barbie the Movie, starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, starring Cillian Murphy, were released on the same weekend, July 21st, creating a once in a lifetime phenomenon known as Barbenheimer. Both movies came out of the box office to great success, critically and financially, with Barbie becoming the first billion dollar movie to be directed by a woman. Do it
0: again.
1: I'm coming with you. Okay. Oh,
0: I got this. No
1: problem. Oh. Illumination and Nintendo made it work when they collaborated together to adapt the Super Mario Brothers to the silver screen. Come on, Mario! Our big adventure begins now! Ah! Get it off, Get it off, Get it off. Yeah. It became the highest-grossing video game adaptation of all time, as well as the highest-grossing non-Disney animated film in history. It's even allowed Nintendo to start developing other adaptations of its own properties. They're currently working on a live-action Legend of Zelda film with Sony Pictures.
2: No pressure. Yo, 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 Ember. Yo, Claude. Can't talk in a hurry.
1: Speaking of Disney, they celebrated their 100th anniversary this year, but it wasn't without its recent struggles with film critics and the domestic box office. The Pixar film Elemental struggled due to marketing woes, unusual for a major distributor like Disney. It did come around internationally, with moviegoers taking notice of his story and message.
0: People give their wishes to me, and I grant the wishes I am sure are good for Rosas.
2: Some of these will never be granted.
0: Not some most. They deserve more than I decide
1: what everyone deserves. Another film directly from Walt Disney Animation Studios, Wish, didn't do too well in reviews, with film critics writing up its heavy used of to stop their tropes throughout the movie. It's yet to do well in the domestic box office as of this recording.
0: Oh, you spoil us with your magic.
1: I didn't do it. What? Who are you? The
2: name's Nimona. Uh, your sidekick has arrived.
1: I don't need a sidekick.
2: Every villain needs a sidekick. Oh, I'm not a villain!
1: A project that Disney canceled a few years ago was the Blue Sky Studios movie *Nemona*, who do you
2: want to kill first?
1: Based on a webcomic-turned-graphic novel by N. B. Stevenson, Netflix and independent pictures took on the task of helping *Nemona* rise from their phoenix ashes, with Danek Animation building on the skeleton of the film. This is the part where you run. It was released at the tail end of Prime Month on June 30th following a limited theatrical release a week earlier. It was celebrated for its queer themes and messaging. You
2: did that on purpose. You catch on quick, boss! That's not my name! Something, 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 we win.
0: What's up, danger?
1: Miles! Wanna get out of here? Oh! Win? There's an elite crew with all the best spider people in it. Who's the new guy? Over at Sony Pictures Animation, the second installment in the Spider-Verse series web-slinged its way to box office acclaim and financial success. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was praised for his animation style, storytelling, and action-packed scenes, and became the highest-grossing film to be released by the studio. The storyline is expected to continue beyond the Spider-Verse, and there's also a Spider-Woman film in development. Miles! You have a baby? I have a baby. <laughs> I'll take it from you. On the television side, Dana Terrace's creation that was the Owl House ended its run on Disney Channel in April after two seasons and three specials that comprise its short third season.
2: I'm back! Uh, wait. I couldn't keep me away. From Just, hang on. Oh, I still
0: can't think of anything to say. Ah, it's loose, alright.
1: During its short run, the series has had a huge following among its fans and received much acclaim from television critics.
0: Now we need a from you, torpedo boy.
1: It was a good year for Independent Animation. The Lacadacey short film produced by Iron Circus Animation and based on the comic series by Tracy J. Butler about two rival gangs of anthropomorphic feline prohibition era smugglers was released to acclaim from fans and critics, with over 12 million views so far on YouTube. It serves as a precursor to the upcoming web series of the same name due to start releasing next year.
0: I guess this one is the big.
2: What's going on? I-, I put on some weird headset and now I'm here. Who are you people? Why can't I take it off? Where am I? Let's just try to calm down. From
1: Glitch Productions and YouTube animator GooseWorks, the amazing digital circus received similar acclaim.
2: What, the
0: what the is going on? What? No, 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 my dear, we can't have any of that foul language around here. The amazing digital circus is a place to be enjoyed by all ages.
1: This time for its humor and its own unique 3D animation style. Its pilot has received over 166 million views so far, also on YouTube, and even surpassed the viewing figures of the Haspen Hotel pilot from Vipsy Pop.
2: Oh my god.
1: With so many great releases throughout this year, it only sets up some high expectations for 2024's movies and shows to deliver on more quality storytelling. Films slated for release next year include Sonic the Hedgehog 3, The Garfield Movie, Saving Bikini Bottom, The Sandy Cheeks Movie, and Inside Out 2, among others. As for myself, I'm very much looking forward to what's ahead for animation and general entertainment on screens big and small, and covering it here on The Zachary & Peaches Show. Emma's got something completely different after the break, and it's a holiday television tradition making its return this year, but it involves competitive baking, all loosely wrapped up in the spirit of Christmas. We'll be back right after this.
0: Coming up on the Zachary and Peaches Show... A holiday tradition returns for another new season of Festive Creations. Emma discusses Food Network's Holiday Baking Championship, their fascination with the program, and what to expect for this year's edition. A competitive season's eatings, next.
1: It's the must-listen interview of the season. It was a lot to take in, for sure. Jim Stanton of Studio 31 Media Archive sat down with me, Adrian Monta, to discuss about the troubles his YouTube channel has faced recently. Fair use, copyright laws, and archiving broadcast media are at the forefront of this cautionary tale. Until
0: this all happened, I've never had any issues with any party before
1: until all this. And I've been doing this for a total of 16 years. How did he respond, and what does the future hold for Studio 31? One. I feel like I'm specifically being targeted. My future of using YouTube might be up in the air. I don't think YouTube cares for its providers Up. much. The Zachman Exclusive, Fair Use, Copyright Laws, and Archiving Broadcast Media. A conversation with Jim Stanton of Studio One Media Archive. Listen now on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Jim search for The Zachary and Pizza Show. To be honest, I wish I knew. <laughs>
0: autism and now everything else the zachary and peaches show continues
1: we're back with more of the zachary and peaches show and the holiday festivities continue here on the program well i'm not not on the program uh the holiday festivities continue on the podcast here as we uh get into another food network annual tradition emma it's called a holiday baking championship and i know you you're into the baking baking competition show well actually like in general I guess in general like cooking competition shows like a lot so what is it what is it about your about this program that you're fascinated about and you know okay are you able to fill fill the listeners in on what's going on this season
2: uh, a little bit I mean I'm obviously I'm I, I definitely follow more of the <laughs> more of the Halloween uh, baking. Uh, situation specifically, you know, with ha- with Halloween baking championship and Halloween wars, and you know, all all the pumpkin carving shows and and whatnot. You know, surprise, surprise. But at the same token, though, as you you said, I do very much enjoy holiday related cooking competitions. So I also like tuning into Holiday Wars as well. And what I've primarily been doing is I've been mostly, at least this year, have mostly been watching their Gingerbread spin off of Holiday Wars. Um, I can't... Uh, but basically, you know, with Holiday Baking Championship, as I said, follows the same format as the Halloween one does. Basically, you have these teams of, um, of bakers. Usually, it's, um... At least this season, from what i what I've been seeing has been a baker and a baking assistant. Usually, it's just you know one person competing up against a whole group of people. Um, but basically, you know, every week they're given sort of these these challenges to do that reflect the holiday theme where you have to use. Specific ingredients and make a specific type of dessert, but you also have to make certain you follow the specific theme Um, I've been At least this season I seem to be following more of their gingerbread spinoff as I said before uh, a bit more closely than the um, Initial uh, Holiday baking championship at the very least I have been watching holiday wars from the beginning um, Which is again another program But, um, at the very least, I was actually watching an episode relatively recently. Um, I think even before we started recording tonight, I was, I was getting a little bit caught up with, uh, with Holiday Baking Championships Gingerbread Showdown. But the two challenges that I had watched, um, are basically you have to build these, these displays out of gingerbread, surprise, surprise, um, I believe the rules always were it had to be a specific length and height. It had to be 90% edible and it also had to be I believe 70 to 80% gingerbread. So, yeah, that being said, just the the level of talent and artistry that <laughs> that these people possess blows my absolute mind. Um I mean, that's also coming from a from an artist, but you know i've I've only made a gingerbread house once, and it was a total failure. <laughs> so you know, the fact that there's people out there who are able to make these incredible holiday theme displays, um usually one of the themes that shows up every year is creating sort of a holiday memory recreating holiday memory in the form of a gingerbread display. And, um, the one that I just, you know, just just finished watching had these displays with, like, moving parts and certain things inside of, like, edible snow globes and really super ridiculously tall buildings with gorgeous isomalt glass and just, just all of that wonderful Amazing things that I could probably never do <laughs> for the life of me But, you know, again, if anything It's just another fun little tradition that I have With my mom, just watching this every week Um, until Christmas, obviously And, uh, it, it just it, It's funny, this year My mom and I have my mom's been looking at me And it's been like, hey, you know Maybe, uh, if not this year, you know, maybe next year we can try to build a gingerbread house again And I'm like, (laughs) I hope we'll be able to do that sometime in the future I would love to But just don't go expecting the level of quality that, uh, that comes from 10 hours worth of work from a professional artist Who, uh, who the only thing that they do is live, breathe, and eat gingerbread (laughs) But, you know, again, I digress. This is a great tradition that I've had ever since I was pretty young, at the very least, uh, a pre a preteen, early teen. And I'm just immensely thankful that I'm given that opportunity to sort of binge these shows with, uh, with Mom again, especially since uh, whenever we miss a week, we don't have to worry about it because... Uh, all we have to do is, is, uh, go on Max and, uh, and hit the, the previous episode and get caught up after, after 45 minutes of, uh, watching people scramble to build amazing gingerbread displays.
1: <laughs> you know, I've seen the, I've seen the show, I think a couple of times, I think over the years, but, um, but, you know, as, you know, kind of glad to see you, you know, you've been enjoying that show, uh, as well, and, uh. I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the competition is going to be, um, uh, I guess, shaking and baking out um, during this season there. And, uh, you know, um, well, you know who made the best baker win. And, uh, yeah, pretty much about it. So, uh, Holiday Baking Championship airing on Food Network and available to stream on Max And... Yeah, that is it for the Zachary Peters show not only for this first half of this season but also for this year and it's, uh, it's been a great been a great um I I guess um 9 months of doing this podcast so far and we're going to be uh entering 2024 with um with some uh interesting uh, topics to uh to sizzle through uh some uh some animation some animated shows and movies to talk about over the course of the next year and uh very much looking forward to it and uh and we can't wait to announce that as well.
2: Absolutely. Just uh keep tabs on our our social media and uh once January hits we'll probably provide you guys with some great updates as uh what specifically we'll be talking about come the latter half of this season. But uh Yeah, for now, I hope you enjoyed our little holiday tunes that made us episode. And, uh, anyway, uh, happy holidays to everyone listening. Um, I hope, regardless of what or how you celebrate, I hope you have a fantastic year this year just filled with love and laughter and joy and light and peace just have a fantastic holiday and i'm looking forward uh looking forward to uh continuing this uh this affair uh next half of the season and next year in 2024
1: absolutely for right now i'm adrian monta and i'm emma settles merry christmas happy holidays happy new year everybody we will see you in january goodbye for right now
0: This is Jared Harris speaking for The Sackery Peaches Show. Produced, edited, and co-hosted by Adrian Mata and co-hosted with Emma Settles. The Sackery and Peaches Show is a Sackland Original Podcast.